We're going to continue in the series, Prepare Yourself. This will be part three of, and the, the title of this message is, Courage to Obey, in the series, Prepare Yourself. So we're going to pick it up in Romans chapter 6, verses 12 through 13. I want you to turn there. But before we start reading, I just want to give you a little um, uh, synopsis of what is taking, currently taking place. So it's Romans chapter 6, verses 12 and 13. We shall read from there. Alright, I'll start speaking before we start reading. So, what was happening here, Paul was speaking to the saints in Rome about how they ought to live their lives in relation to Christ's death and resurrection. This also relates to us now, who are in Christ. We were baptized into Christ Jesus into his death when we were baptized. We were buried in him through baptism and raised in newness of life. So the old man was crucified. That was the symbol. And with Christ so that we will no longer be slaves to sin. When we die, we are free from sin. When we are resurrected, sin no longer has power over us. So since we have been dead to sin through baptism, the lives we live now ought to be alive to God in Christ. In other words, the resurrected life. So this is what Paul was this, talking to the Roman saints about. Alright, so I'm going to start reading in Romans chapter 6 verse 12 now. So Paul is saying here, since we were baptized into Christ and now we are resurrected to live a new list of life in, in Christ to God. He says in verse, in verse 12, he says, therefore because of that, do not let sin reign in your mortal body that you should obey it in its lust. And do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness. So Paul is speaking to the saints about the power of sin. He was saying here, do not let sin reign in your mortal body. Since you identify with Christ's death and resurrection, when you die, when Christ died, there is no longer power of sin over the flesh. Because the flesh has been done away with. The flesh is dead. So when you are resurrected, now you're living a life where you, are, you no longer, the sin no longer has power over you because the flesh has been done away with. So when Jesus resurrected, he resurrected with a different body. So understand, that's how we relate to his death and resurrection. That's why we celebrated Good Friday. That's why we celebrated Easter Sunday. These are not just religious things. They mean something. They mean something. So always remember the power. There's power in, in, in those things to remember what Christ accomplished. So he said, therefore, because of that, do not let sin reign in your mortal body. Don't let sin rule you. That you should obey it in its lust. So that means we have a choice. He said because of what Christ did, and because of what we can relate to what he did, don't let sin rule you. Because now you are resurrected. You live in a resurrected life. You have now the Spirit of God in you. You were translated from the powers of darkness, where you did not have control over your life, your members. You just did what came naturally. You said what you wanted. You did what you wanted. You manipulated. Whatever you did, 
It was what you did when you were in the world. You were slaves to the power of sin. But when you were translated, you got saved. When the Spirit of God came in you, when you said yes to Jesus, the, the power of God took you from, the, from darkness and brought you into, the, into light. Amen. So the powers that had you in captivity, God took you out, put you in the kingdom of light, and gave you authority over those same despots and powers that had you in captivity. Now you have authority over them. So do not, that's why he said, don't let sin have power over you. Don't let it rule you through your flesh. Because what he is saying, they don't, you don't realize, many Christians don't understand that you are in Christ and what used to rule you should no longer be ruling you. Because now you have a new spirit. He says so, because of that, don't let sin rule you through your flesh. Through your lust and your desire. Because that says lust what? Lust is what? Your desires. What you want. What you crave. Those are your lusts. And the flesh and the, and the spirit, they don't get along. The flesh and the spirit of God don't get along. So you have to deal with the, your, your emotions and all the things that can drive you crazy. And get you mad or, or to be, allow you to be seduced. These are things that you always have to be paying attention to because when you are paid, when you are given into these things, you're given into your desires of your flesh. Because the Spirit will always convict you of what you're doing contrary to, to God's Word. If you're in Christ. So he said, verse 13, Do not present your members as instruments of righteousness to sin. So when you give in to your desires, first it starts with the mind. It has to, so as the mind goes, so goes the body. The body only does what the mind tells it to do. So he said, do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness. Do not, give in the, do not make a decision to give in to the desires of the flesh. Because then you just go along with it. And you use your body, your members, to do whatever it is it needs to, to satiate the flesh. He said, don't do that. Because you, you're... You're in Christ now. You identify with death and his resurrection. You're a new creature in Christ Jesus. So don't let sin rule you anymore. You're out of the kingdom of darkness. Now you're in the kingdom of light. So he said, present your bodies to God as being alive from the dead. Don't be led around by the nose with a bridle in your mouth by the power of sin. Don't be controlled by the power of sin. Sin no longer has power over you. But that's the big lie if you believe what the enemy is telling you. It's a lie. It, sin no longer has power over you. The only way sin has power over you is if you allow yourself to give in to desires of the flesh. Then sin has power over you. People in the world will say, eh, we don't need the Spirit of God. We can, willpower is good enough. Yes, willpower will only take you so far. But as I said, this, the power of sin is relentless. Sin, the power of sin does not stop. It's 24-7. Yep. Willpower. You can't, I don't know any human who has willpower 24-7 and can keep that up for all their lives. Yep. You're going you're gonna to crumble somewhere. You're going to be worn out. And you're going to give in. Someplace, somehow, you're going to be given into the power of sin. Mm -hmm. And when you do that, you're, you, you're caught. You're done. Yep. You'll be sifted like wheat. Don't give in to it. And everything here, remember what Paul is saying. He's saying, 
We have a choice. He said, do not let sin reign in your mortal body. That means we have a choice. And let's go to Acts chapter 4. I want to show you an example. Are you there? Okay. Now, the multitude of those who believed were of one heart and one soul. Neither did anyone say that any of the things he possessed was his own, but they had all things in common. So understand what's going on here is that the people were voluntarily making contributions to the, to the local church. Voluntarily. This wasn't a command. It was something that people wanted to do from their heart. So it says here that neither did anyone say that the, any of the things he possessed was his own, but they had all things in common. Let's go to verse 34. Nor was there anyone among them who lacked. For all who were possessors of lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of the things that were sold and laid them at the apostles' feet and they distributed to each as anyone had need. So they like, like made a pledge. They say whatever we have, and we, we are willing to sell it and bring the proceeds to the apostles so they can distribute it as needed. So it's like making a pledge. Alright, you understand that? So say, okay, we'll pledge $100 or i pledge 1000 whatever it is. You make an oath, a pledge. This is what I'm going to do. So the people who had said, we will sell X, Y, or Z or whatever it is. We'll bring the proceeds of it and give it to the apostles. So this can be distributed to, the, to meet the needs of the saints. This was a voluntarily done. Now I want to show you something. Let's go to Acts chapter 5 verse 1. But a certain man named Ananias, with Sapphira his wife, sold a possession. And kept back part of the proceeds. His wife also being aware of it, and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias. Why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and keep, part, keep back part of the price of the land for yourself? While it remained, was it not your own? And after it was sold, was it, was it not in your own control? Why have you conceived this thing in your heart? You have not lied to men, but to God. Then Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and breathed his last. Okay? So he died. Let me tell you what I personally believe was going on with Ananias and Sapphira. <clears throat> I don't see it anywhere there, but I'm just telling you what I, could, what I see happening in, happen in the body of Christ and what can happen in people's lives. Now remember, they're making a pledge. We're going to sell our property and we're going to bring the proceeds to the apostles. So I believe that Ananias and Sapphira had good intentions. They made their pledge. They say they will sell whatever it is they have and they're going to bring the proceeds to the apostles. They sold a the property. It's one thing to say, but when you get the cash in your hand, you have all this money in your hand. Now, I'm going to take all this money and just give it to them? That is where now the thoughts start coming. That's when you start thinking, hmm, do I really, this is a lot of money to just give them to, to meet the needs of people. Why don't we keep half of it, just in case? Why don't we keep half of it? This is how stuff starts. You know, this is a lot of money. You know, people say, oh, I win, wish I could win the lottery. So if I get $10 million, 
After taxes, I get fi- I get half. I get you know five million. I'm going to tie ten percent. You have the check for five hundred half a million dollars. Do we really want to give this check to the church? Do we? Do we really? How about if we cut it down in half? How about okay? How about a quarter? This is what happens. The thoughts start coming. And then the enemy picks... This is how it starts. And the enemy picks up on the issues in your heart. Ananias and Sapphira had issues with trust and greed. Who knows how they used to do their business. So the enemy now has an opening. And, he's, and they start talking to each other. And he's like, yeah, let's keep half of it. And she's like, okay. Okay, so... Even though they won't know how much we sold the property for, so we got ten thousand for it, but we're only going to give them five thousand. So this is the challenge. This is a challenge now they had to face. So what did they do? They decided to lie and go before them and give them half the money or whatever it is. Half they kept back part of it. Maybe they gave seventy-five percent and gave twenty-five twenty-five percent. The the thing is, they were dishonest. You see, we think God doesn't see everything that's going on. Because they are, we forget that we have angels. Remember we talk about angels? Assigned to, to those who will be the heirs of salvation. Mm-hmm. And they hearken unto the voice of the word. How they, so they're angels here. They're angels in this. We don't see them, but they're here. Wherever we go, they're there. They hear what we say. They see what we do. We make pledges. We make promises and we don't keep them. So this is what's going on. So when they came before Peter and saying, yeah, this is it. By the Spirit, Peter already knew by the Spirit. There is nothing hidden from God. Nothing is hidden from God. You've got to be careful what you say to God. You give your word, you make a pledge, you give your word, keep it. Because we expect God to keep His word. Therefore, we should keep our word. Because we are supposed to be like Him. Let me give you another example. You say, you know what? Lord, I'm going to serve you. I'm not going to let anything distract me from your purpose in my life. I'm going to go to church. I'm going to study my Bible. I'm going to get active in the church. Whatever you need me to do. I heard heard the pastor talking about your, your, your purpose. That we all have a gift, a calling. Lord, I am going to seek what that is. So you pick up your cell phone. And you're on Facebook. And you see a friend request. Wait a minute. A long lost girlfriend or boyfriend? From 15, 20 years ago? (laughs) Who show up on Facebook? Want to be a friend? I'm just giving you an example. So the thought comes. Now, when you were, if it's, you were 17, when you had this relationship with this person, you go right back into 17, like you were 17 years old, in that mental mode. And then all these feelings start coming up yep. from the past. The God allows the test. He allows it because there are issues in you that He needs to bring to the forefront and, and, and have it rooted out. He allows it. So you, being a strong saint of God, Bible marking, 
you have a, a New Testament in this hand, a King James Version, and you have a King James and the other, uh, whatever, NIV in this, and you have your balancing on your head with a, a concordance, whatever it is. And all of a sudden, Facebook, she shows up. Oh my, oh he shows up. And it's like all these thoughts are, then and he's like, hmm, remember what it was like? Remember? Hmm, I wonder what it, and there you go, I wonder, what if? And you start entertaining the what if, and the whatever, and the Holy Spirit is saying, nah, <laughs> no, Holy Spirit is saying, uh, the, the word of God comes out, take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ, because what happens? Your emotions start, what if? And you start thinking. You, you have a 17-year-old mindset now. You're back, you're going back in the past. Wow, it was, and this, and that. And the word of God comes up. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. All these words come up. So you know how to make a choice. Man, my God. She, I mean, she was the love of my life. Or oh, he was a... The hardest thing since whatever. He was the love of my life. So your flesh is screaming. Screaming. What do you do? Many people flirt with it. Just like Eve did. And got seduced. But you now have to have the courage to say no. What we must never do. We must never ever judge a brethren or a sister who falls. So we got to pray for one. That's why the Bible said pray for one another. Yes. Because we all will be put to the test. Yep. And your flesh will be screaming because the flesh doesn't want this, what the spirit wants. The spirit doesn't want what the flesh wants. And your body will be screaming. This is just, I'm just talking that it could be anything, food. It could be anything that has power over you. So the Lord will allow these things. Why? Because he wants to clean out your closet. Stuff that you have buried deep, that you might forget about, He will allow it to come to the surface. So you, that needs to go. It's time to deal with that in your life. Yeah, you want to walk and be and, and seek the things of the kingdom. This is what it's going to take. We got to we got to clean your closet. So the Lord will allow these things. Well, let's go to Galatians five sixteen to seventeen. Galatians five. It says here, verse sixteen. I say then. Walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. What does walk in the Spirit mean? Walking in the Spirit means you walk in in obedience to the Word that's been revealed to you. Walk in the Word of God. Walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So when that Facebook friend request pops up, probably a wise thing to ignore it. If you haven't overcome your issues, ignore it. So the thought will come. There's nothing you can do. Thoughts will come. The question is, what do you do with the thought? Mm -hmm. You have to take the thought captive. So the Facebook post post shows up, take the thought captive. You pledge to give something, and the thought comes to shortcut, take the thought captive. Because we have a choice to obey. We have a choice if if we're going to let the flesh, or the old man, Mm -hmm. the one that's supposed to be dead, we have a choice in which we're going to let that one have power over us, sin have power over us, or if we're going to allow the resurrected man, which is the spirit man, to be the one that, has, that will rule and reign us. So that's a choice. So here we're talking about, if you walk in the spirit, you will feed the spirit, you start satisfy the things of the spirit, which leads to life, 
which is an example of the resurrected life you ought to be living, and the fruit of it would be the fruit of the Spirit, which exemplifies the life that we're supposed to live, versus death, which has to do with the lust of the flesh, which leads to corruption. So verse 17, for the spirit lusts against the spirit, for the flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. These two are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. Mm -hmm. The flesh will always fight against the spirit, and the first spirit against the flesh. Whoever you yield to is the one who will win. So let's go to verse 24 in Galatians 5. So he said, so he's saying here, and those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. How do we do that? How do we crucify the flesh and its passion and desires? That's why we fast. We fast so we get, we, we learn how to put the flesh under subjection. That's why we fast. So you learn how to have, how to crucify the flesh with its passions and desires. You learn how to keep the flesh under subjection. If you are in Christ, the Spirit of God will enable you to put the flesh under subjection because you are being obedient to the Spirit. You always have a choice to make. The question is, which one are you going to have the courage to obey? Your flesh or the Spirit? Because your flesh is what we are used to when you come into this world, you're born into this world, the only thing you know to relate to is your flesh, not spirit. Is when we get in Christ. Now we have to reprogram our thinking so that we learn to walk in the spirit and not the flesh. Being in time and space, you are in this physical body. We have no choice. If you do not want to be in this physical body, then you will be with Jesus. But if you want to walk this earth and breathe the air, and function in this in time and space, you need a physical body. So we have to reprogram our mind so that we do not yield to it, so that the spirit has power over the flesh. We have already already been given what we need for life and godliness, because that's what the scripture says. We have been given all things that pertain unto life and godliness. We are not in this by ourselves. God already knew what we needed and has already made provision so that we can walk in victory. The question is, what is that victory? What does it look like? Read the word of God. Let the spirit of God lead you. Walk in the light and not in darkness. So you're not stumbling around like an idiot trying to figure out how to navigate this life. The spirit of God will show us and teach us how to navigate. What to do. When to do it. But it takes practice. You've got to Pursue eternal life. You gotta lay hold of eternal life. It's not gonna come to you. You gotta go after it. You gotta pursue it. And as you pursue God, as you pursue the things of God, as you pursue the things of the kingdom, the Holy Spirit will relate and teach you all things. He will teach you. Because Jesus said it. When the Spirit of truth comes, He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all the things I have spoken to you. So we are to live in the Spirit and walk in the Spirit. In the Word. As you are led by the Holy Spirit. So, in Ephesians 4, let's, uh, we can turn there real quick. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22, 24. That you, talking to the saints in the church of Ephesus, put off concerning the former conduct. The old man, which grows corrupt according to deceitful lust. 
the old man grows corrupt as you give into the flesh. The old man will always be screaming to come to the forefront. But you've got to remember, when you were baptized in Christ, that old man was done away with. And we have, again, we have a choice. God didn't create robots. He wants sons who can think and have a free will to choose to love Him, choose to serve Him, choose to honor Him. We have a choice in whether we want to love Him, serve Him or not. We are even, we are, you know, we are better than the angels. Angels are created for service. We are created for rule. Glory to God. Get a, get a hold of that. Angels are created to, for service. We are created to rule. We are kings and priests of God. We are joint heirs with Christ. Do you yes. hear what I am saying to yes. you? Amen. We are sons of God. Yes. And because we are children, we are sons, we are joint heirs. We have an inheritance. We are not like the angels. We are made Lord and the angels because we are in time and space and in the flesh. But when we are resurrected and put on that, that heavenly body, we are higher than the angels. We are sons. We have an inheritance. Glory to God. Do you hear what I'm saying to you? Glory to God. You want to take a praise break? Go ahead. I'm telling you. The, let me tell you something. The, what? Listen. I don't look at Good Friday and Easter Sunday the same way. It blows my mind every time I meditate on what Jesus did. It's awesome. Amen. You get a hold of what he did. It changed your life. You can't walk this world, this world the same way. No. You can't talk the same way. Oh my God. And I tell you, that's why I always say, God forgive me. Because some days I'm in the funk. Why am I in the funk? Why? <laughs> you know? I know it I, in my head. I know it. But why am I in the funk? Because I don't feel, I don't feel, nobody loves me, nobody, nobody. Yeah, so I had to, listen, I had to go and grab some music. And I had the phone to my ear, because, you know, I will walk and pray. And I had to put the phone, I had to get out of my office. I put the, I had to find a song that, I mean, I love worship. I mean, it just gets in here and it just, it does all kind of stuff to me. I mean, I could, I'll cry like a baby in a second. So as a, the worship, I just takes me into God's presence. I feel His love. So I put that song to my ear and I just start singing and worshiping. And then when I was done, man, I was like, that's what I needed. That's what I needed. That's what, you see, you know what I'm saying? We got to stir ourselves up in the faith so that we are not seduced by the lies that we've been... Because your flesh is going to deceive you. Your emotions... Look, we all want to be loved. We all want to be supported. We all want to know people have our back. You know, people say stuff and they disappoint you. You know, you know what I'm saying? It's you and God, man. You know, Lord, I, I know you got me. I know you never leave me nor forsake me. You encourage yourself in the faith. Because you've got to deal with the devil back at the job. When you come home. And even you by yourself, you still got to deal with it. Because he's lying, telling you stuff in your ears. But well, we, well, we have the victory. I know I have the victory because I was, that's what I was told. It's in the, it's in the word. It wasn't, I wasn't lied to. I was told everything that's going to happen before it happens. The word of God said, when I praise God, guess what? The joy of the Lord is my strength. That's what it says. Yeah. It says, if I praise Him, if I have joy, I get strengthened. That's what it said. So when I do what it says, the fruit of it manifests and I walk in victory. Why? Because I'm walking in the Spirit and I'm not in the lust of my flesh. Glory to God. It's a choice. It's a choice we got to make. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22. 
He said that you put off concerning the former conduct. The things you used to do, the things you used to say. Where you used to lie and tell people, yeah, I'm coming. I'll see you. I'll see, uh, yeah, yeah, I'll call you. And you don't call. Oh. I love you, brother. I love you. You know I love you. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we're going to, and I'll do that, uh, yeah, I'll do that thing for you. And you don't do it. Oh and what you sow, you will reap. God is not slack concerning His promises. And, and the Word of God is the Word of God. Okay, what we sow, we will reap. So it says, that you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Amen. And that you put on the new man which was created according to God, Created according to whom? God. Amen. Not man, God. Created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. That man created by God, in the image of God, is created in true righteousness and holiness. Not this fake stuff. I'm talking about the real deal. Amen. The real deal. Amen. True righteousness and holiness. And God, we are, and man had nothing to do with it. Nothing. We are being conformed, shaped into the image of Christ if we are willing to obey. So what does all this have to do with the courage to obey? We will be faced with choices. We will be faced with challenges. And the, the flesh will be screaming about what it wants. And we will have to have the courage to say no and do it God's way. That is a step of faith. To say no to your flesh. And it's not easy sometimes. Because sometimes your flesh screams Screams louder for some things versus others. True. One of the toughest things to do is when people close to you, very close to you, and your heart is saying to do X, and they say they want Y, that's hard. And you have the courage, if you're convinced in your heart of what the Lord wants you to do, right. you do it no matter what the, it costs you. That's easy to say. That is easy to say until you are in, in that shoe. Because it can cost you friends. And if you're a needy person, you might make the wrong choice. If you need affirmation by people, if you need support, if you need to feel loved. Because what is that? What is that? What are you seeing about yourself? That you, you have holes in your heart. And you can be manipulated by people. And people will pick up on your insecurities. People will pick up on it. And the enemy will use them to manipulate you. But the Lord is showing you, yeah, this is, I need to clean that out. That needs to be cleaned out. You need to learn to stand on your own and trust me. Do we have the courage to love the unlovely? Do we have courage when people, when people really tick you off? Do you just like, I cut them off. They're dead to me. I never want to talk to that person again. That's not the love of God. That's the way of the world. That is not the love of God. That's not the way we ought to be. We have to have a thick skin. So you have to suck it up and go face that person and talk to them. And try and make peace. That's the way of God. It takes courage to obey. It takes courage to walk by faith. It takes courage to do the things you don't want to do. Because what you're supposed to do, the flesh will be screaming against it. Okay, so, in conclusion, we have to practice putting the flesh to death. We have Amen. to practice it. We Amen. have to do it daily. Where would Jesus said what? Take up your cross daily follow me. and follow me. 
Every day you have to die. Amen. Okay, today you get up. Today is a good day to die. You just say that. And just keep Amen. practicing. Because the times we are living in, what is going on in the world, we are going to be challenged to do things that are contrary to what the Spirit of God wants us to do. And we have to, we have, to have the courage as Peter and Paul and, and John and these people, in spite of the beatings, in spite of the persecution, they obeyed God rather than man. Do we have the courage to walk by faith as they did? Because we will be put to the test. And the Bible says, He that endures to the end shall receive a crown of life.